0: Parizel, so lovely to see you here on this uh, first day of, you know, absolute lockdown. How are you? I'm
1: good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, How are you guys doing? We're not. We're not bad. We're uh, feeling the lockdown sensation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Let's get to our first article. We're going to be discussing. Uh, in this article, it says seventeen essential service sectors will be allowed to operate during the two-week total lockdown. These sectors include healthcare, telecommunications, and media, food and beverage, utilities, as well as banking. A result. Previously, this was a move that the administration did not want to pursue, as it would affect the economy. What plans are in place to assist industries that would be uh, impacted by this? A lockdown? Asha
2: JD, so far we're still waiting for the government to announce assistance for the riot and businesses. Many people, politicians, people in business have uh, urged the government to announce these measures fast. They wanted a three-month moratorium like the one we had during the um, MCO 1.0 automatic moratorium, that is uh, the uh, wage subsidy program and other measures to help them to get through this very tough period. I think from the people that follow on Twitter and Facebook, most of them understand that this Total lockdown is necessary And they, uh, they, they're they willing to support that But they also want the government To support them and assist them uh, We had many stop-go faces Since last year And for many SMEs out there uh, It was a very tough period for them Especially the uh, the ones in tourism Service sector uh, Many people out there and, and I believe that we can afford To uh, up our deficit a bit And perhaps announce more measures For uh, businesses and the right yard. Uh, uh, according to many tweets Over the weekend Banks in Malaysia Registered profits In the first quarter Of this year Really? Yeah, yeah, they did And I, I think With the loan moratorium The rakyat Will still continue To pay their loans After that And it will also Stimulate the local economy When they have Extra money in their pockets. So with those numbers Registered by the banks um, I think we can afford Or I believe We can afford To, to announce A three-month um, moratorium And also the uh, Other measures Including the wage Subsidy program For businesses
1: yeah, because ultimately, I think we've we've all talked about this before, a moratorium for the bank loans and everything does not mean that they're not going to pay. It just yes. means it's going to be pushed back. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um. So, Rizal, in your opinion, you know, should this have been done earlier? Would it have made a difference if it was, do you think? I think had the
2: governments. Uh, had the government announced the uh, support earlier I think people and businesses would have been more prepared to face this lockdown you know we saw how people rushed to supermarkets last weekend not because I think not because they wanted to panic buy but some of them because they had cash in their pockets and who knows when or if they you know get their next pay, mm-hmm. so I understand the government had to consider many things before they announced the uh, the full lockdown. But they had many days of high COVID nineteen cases um, to anticipate this. So we knew cases were rising steadily, and people were worried, businesses were worried. It's all water under the bridge now. But what can the government, or what must the government do now? they have to be really proactive. They have to plan clearly and execute faster and execute really well. So we've lived through this norm for more than a year this is the time for the government to implement key learnings um, from this past year and look at data to make informed decisions. Make it easy for people to go on and make it easy for businesses to plan.
0: I think uh, both J D and I are quite excited about the yes. idea of the administration rolling out a drive-through uh, COVID nineteen vaccination system for the public. Um, they've had a successful pilot project at University Science Malaysia in Kubang Kerian. Um, tell us more about this drive-through vaccination and how it worked.
2: So according to Harya Metro, right, one hundred and thirty-one people received their COVID-19 vaccine um, through the drive through system at the Hospital University of Science Malaysia, mm-hmm. Kuang and This system was tested there twice, first on March 22nd and the second was on May 25th. So the first part involved 123 recipients, but these were hospital staff. And the second phase um, involved eight individuals, uh, but they were uh, patients registered with HUSM. Uh, according to HUSM, only those selected according to the criteria set by uh, the special PPV and evaluated by a doctor will be able to receive the vaccine injection uh, through the drive-thru. So I think it's, it's to ensure that they are okay before and after, especially after, yeah? because thirty minutes after, you have to be uh, under supervision, uh, they have to monitor your condition to ensure that you are okay to drive home. So KJ said that he would issue instructions and guidelines for vaccination on a pilot basis uh, today uh, for all states that want to implement it. So I think is the is the after you receive right. the injection that you have to
1: be monitored because you don't know everybody's getting different side effects. You never know. Best, you know right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So does so, this so mean?
0: That you know There'll be like An open air car park Like a drive-in movie Where they might Put up a movie So you go and park your car And you wait your 30 minutes For observations there First yeah. before you drive Perhaps off Or you know Come twice if you're, if you're not well
2: or, or something like that You know So that, so that people know And, and then you'll be monitored properly
0: Because you have to drive back Right I, yeah. mean, I mean You don't what? want like Suddenly, like, i know like, exactly
1: like, yeah, that's what we yeah. Hear about that
0: but honestly i mean how how practical do you think a drive-through vaccination kiosk is going to be especially if you sort of think about the long wait in the car and then you know the sort of checking up afterwards yeah
2: i think The key here is to simplify the process, to create Mm. confidence and so people are attracted to take it up. I'm sure we can increase the number of lanes, perhaps staff to also inject the vaccine and to monitor. So if you have more people, more lanes, more staff to, to, to monitor this entire process, and and the other thing is to open more smaller points, uh, smaller PPVs, mm. so that people can vaccinate easily and fast, as opposed to getting, um, I think, looking at you know bigger. Yeah, now it's all mega PPVs right now, right? Yeah, yeah. So mm. I am getting my vaccine um, on the third of June, so I have to go to WTC. So I I I, I don't know what to expect yet. So perhaps I'm going to just get a uh, grab. There and, and, and do that but, but I think Smaller PPVs A bit more Conquer Divide and conquer Kind right. of thing As opposed to One huge PPV Right yeah. So The key now Is to vaccinate As many people As possible to build a herd immunity. So you have to have many points where people can just go and access and get their vaccine.
0: So the Employees Provident Fund will close its offices and service counters nationwide from the 1st of 14th of June in line with the implementation of the first phase of the lockdown during the period. How will the closing of the EPF offices affect contributors?
2: So according to a statement released by EPF, they will cancel all prior Janji Temu online or appointments uh, made online with immediate effect. Uh, EPF members are required to res schedule their visit to a later date via the jTO facility or online facility after the uh, lockdown period is over if there's need to or if there's a need uh, for them to be present at EPF uh, branches in person so appointment uh, appointments for members age 50 55 60 and in Pension withdrawal applications will be given um, priority when the EPF offices and uh, services counter are back in operation. So, so, so for EPF uh, services such as withdrawal application for housing, age 50, 55, 60, uh, members can access these uh, online transactions via the i account during this uh, period. However, the thumbprint um, verification process to complete the online transaction can only be done once the total lockdown period is over, and they have to do it. Um, at the counter, person. Uh, counters, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, EPF uh, and, and EPF offices and service counters are back in operation so they can only do it um, then. Okay. That's it. De- because right now,
1: we know lockdown is June 1st to 14th. Yeah. Mm. For now, the worry is that it might get extended and mm. extended again, right? No, that's true. Yeah.
0: So, so, what's going to happen then to those who are relying on ICNR as a way to make ends meet? You know, will they still be receiving their monthly sum from oh, yeah. the EPF or... So
2: I think for those who've applied for the IC now withdrawals and uh, they're waiting for payment via the uh, payment order, and um, the, the relevant EPF branches will contact them and members. Uh, they contact the members to arrange for them to pick up the payment order. So I think these are checks, perhaps uh, at, at the branch selected by them. Right. But for other for the other members who've opted to get their um their the um, uh, the money, um. And and uh, deposited to their accounts. So I think they will probably get them uh, still in their accounts. So I think it's the it's the counter operations that, that that's not um, uh, well being in operation uh, right, from the first right. of G, But if you if you've applied and your application have been uh, have been approved, so you should you probably still get your ICNA except for those members waiting for their payment order. So they have to go to the branches. But for the most part, most
1: things that you deal with, with uh, the EPF or KWSP can be done online anyways.
2: Yes, you can apply uh, to withdraw uh, by the ICNA uh, facility online. So you can you can download your ICNA, um or, or I account application uh, on your phone and then you can check the, the uh, things that you can do online and you don't have to go to the branches to, to do that.
0: Okay, so the Federation of Malaysian Manufacturers has urged the government to allow activities in the important export sectors, including ports, warehousing, and transport of goods, to continue during the lockdown from the first to fourteenth of June. With Malaysia having a big important export sector, how would the two-week total lockdown impact this industry?
2: Well, as you said earlier, um, I think they will uh, continue to let these uh, these uh, key players to continue their operations uh, during total lockdown from June. One until June fourteen, so I think it's not going to um, affect the industry so much. And uh, when we look at the external demand for products um, from Malaysia, I think it's going to pick up, and we've seen the export numbers um, increasing in the past few months. So. I think things are gonna be okay, but um, operators must ensure full compliance to the SOPs uh, provided by MOH and also MKN. Um, and and I think things are going to be okay. Was well, is this different
1: uh, uh, to how it was in MCO one when things generally just shut down completely?
2: Yes, but I believe during that period, demand, external demand, went down as well because I think other countries were had their own lockdowns. Right, so right, yeah. now we have the states, we have UK, we have China. They are continuing to opening. Um, they 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 have continued to open up their their economic activities. So so I think external demand will come back and and that will support uh, the export and the, uh, the export sector especially.
1: Yeah, because it was I think it was a huge impact in MCO one. I don't yes, think yes. afford to do it again any anymore, right? Mm. Now, Risa you mentioned something about China earlier. Though, I mean, a <laughs> lot of our the products that we want, <laughs> if because I'm a big online shopper, right? And I'm pretty sure, like on a massive scale, also a lot of things come from China. Are we gonna have to need to forego anything from China because of the of what's happening? Are they having issues there as well?
2: No, no, no. I think, I think um, they are uh, doing well in terms of, you know, the economic activities, exporting and all that. And um, I think uh, logistic companies are also allowed to uh, operate during this 14-day period. But the key thing is not so much about where products are made because you order perhaps finished goods from China right. uh, to, to be consumed, right? But we do a lot of value adding to products from all over the world. So we either make them into finished goods here or export these products and semi-finished goods to other countries. So during NCO 1.0, other countries around the world face supply chain issues. So yeah. if goods cannot be processed, it will affect other processes down the supply chain. And then
1: eventually so- also products can't be made. If that happens, if we can't get products made, we can't sell it, we can't export it as well. So it's, it's a whole chain of events that gets affected, right?
2: Yes, yes, yes. But but um, I think looking at the sectors allowed to operate during this period and yeah. the capacity to produce these goods, I, I, I think the government is looking into this as export. As I said earlier, have supported our recovery process, especially when other major economies are opening up yeah. Uh, more economic activities.
0: Prasarana Malaysia Berhad said it's still trying to identify 83 out of 213 victims from Monday's LRT crash under a tunnel near Kuala Lumpur city centre. An accident of this magnitude has occurred, but why didn't Prasarana do its due diligence and record you know, a list of all passengers who were rescued after the crash had occurred?
2: So I, I don't know what happened immediately after the incident and how the registration of the victim, uh, victims were, uh, was done, but I think Prasarana was also caught off guard but I believe some of these victims were treated at HKL so it's not unreasonable to expect Prasarana to perhaps set up a hot desk there to track these passengers right I mean again I'm sure they perhaps did this maybe some of the passengers were not as badly hurt as the ones um, sent to HKL so they went off instead instead of going to HKL treatment elsewhere and the incident happened at night and people were just really tired so maybe instead of waiting they wanted to just go home and and um, they perhaps had less serious injuries as opposed to the ones sent
1: to HKL. Yeah, but uh, for anyone who's ever been to HKL here, the triage area, and the, the, the emergency area, it is a hive of activity all the time. And I'm pretty yeah. sure at this point, I'm trying to look at things from both sides of the of table <sighs> here as well. So there was a lot that needed to be done. And I think mm-hmm. it was an emergency. You're right. Because it's, it's unprecedented. This has never happened before and mm-hmm. it was at night.
0: Mm-hmm. I think also when you think about it, I mean, unfortunately, we're in COVID times, and I wonder if things would 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 have been different in different times at these. Um, Mm -hmm. victims who weren't necessarily so hurt would have been so quickly released because some of these injuries like concussions and stuff can be pretty serious if they're sent home and they're not actually caught yeah you know Mm. at first because you know the symptoms weren't so strong so um, i'm sure that was at play but you know what assistance was given to the 213 that were on board i mean how justified um
2: a thousand each, right? It's, yeah, exactly. Sarana said they will give 1,000 special assistance each to um, the 230 victims of the uh, incident. Uh, uh, and, and also, they will cover the medical costs of every victim until they're discharged. Uh, the Malay Mail also reported that uh, Transport Minister Datuk said that any victims um, of the crash um, um, could sue the operator, uh, which is Prasarana, if they desire. Uh, he said that Malaysia is a democratic country and everyone should have access. To uh, the legal system, and and he would uh, hands it over, or he hands it over to prasarana. Um, you know, anyone who intends to take action um, will follow um, the law. I believe the one thousand ringgit is a special assistance. They can also um, sue for more. I believe this will be you know, of course done through the uh, legal processes that they need to go through. So so do not think that this one thousand ringgit, you know, is a compensation to these victims. So I think I think they can seek more and sue for more if they want to.
1: Right. Again
2: again it's it's up to the lawyers of Mm. of these victims too. But
1: this is just a start like basically is what you're saying.
2: I think it's just a special assistance to I cannot put myself in their shoes but perhaps is to help them through these next few days until they start the legal process right. uh, to claim more. I personally believe they should get more. Right.